Off the Groove with Scotty Dubler. Friday, May 21st, 2021, episode number 186. Cheese and rice, that's a lot. See, I told you, you'd come up with something. You always do. You always do. What's up, buddy? Um, What's up? A lot. Not a lot. A whole lot. Nothing. What are you doing? Nothing. I'm just getting ready for Texas. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully Mother Nature hangs on. I know it's been raining down there. The golf tournament actually last weekend PGA Tour got stopped because of the rain. They got to finish it up. But PGA is a little different than going as fast as you can on dirt and sliding into a corner. So uh, I do know that the Friday night extreme race in Ennis, Texas has been canceled. Mm. So that's not good. Uh, everything else, as far as I know, is on as scheduled. It's supposed to know more later on in the week. I mean, this is coming out on Friday, so we're recording this on Tuesday. So uh, hopefully we get to race in Texas. So depending on when you're listening to this, which is probably Friday, um, there's probably been a call one way or another. We're hoping that we're racing. Right. I actually was talking to the Kentucky Mudflap earlier today, texting back and forth. Yeah, He's going to put in yeah. a special request to Ma Nature because, uh, you know, she loves her flat track. So he wants to make okay. sure he sends yeah. a note. Uh, to make sure that there's not uh, there can be rain because sometimes that'll help the track but we don't want too much correct right that is what i was getting ready to say i i for one do not like the dirt that's at texas motor speedway it's it's been really inconsistent it has gotten faster and faster they've they've worked on it but nobody can water the track better than mother nature yeah and if if we're racing it'll be fast and it's going to be very consistent, which or the most consistent it, it can be because uh, the, the moisture is going to soak into the track all the same all the way around the track. So yeah. uh, it could be really fast. It could be. And I think the thing that's that's got people a little concerned is the amount of rain that they've had already this week. Right. So it, right. even if right. it rained a couple a little bit the day before, you know, whatever, that's that's usually sometimes OK. And, and but I think the fact that there's been a. <laughs> A downpour pretty much every day this right. week. Um, and and for safety's sake, you can't get the equipment out there to even put the air fence out. Yep. And you cannot carry that stuff out. It's way too heavy. So you have to drive it out there with the truck or a forklift or whatever they use. Yeah. So, and and you say, well, why don't they use hay bales? Same thing. You can't get hay bales all the way up to the top of a, of a, of a banked half mile without using something to move it. So it's not, I'm not making excuses for why they're going to, if, if they could cancel a race or why they could cancel a race. I'm just trying to let you guys know that's part of the reason is rider safety, you know, honestly. Absolutely. Let's stop talking about the rain because as we've well, mentioned, yeah, we don't, Mother Nature I don't, loves I don't her say, track. Yeah, I don't, I don't say that R word on race day. I will say it leading up to it here on the podcast, but I don't say that that cuss word uh, on, on race day. <laughs> four-letter so, uh, word. Yeah, that four-letter R word. I'm with you. Um, hey, but- hey, we... We got we got a new patron this week. We I'd do. like to say hello and welcome to Howell. Yeah, uh, on board, yeah. stepping up big. We appreciate it. We appreciate all of our patrons absolutely for uh, being a part of this podcast and letting us do what we do here. Yeah, there's been uh, there's been some movement on the uh, on the stuff uh, that we're going to be sending out to you guys. Uh, we'll have a date hopefully here by next week or the week after. I think uh, as far as when you can start to receive those, we may start reaching out to to figure out uh, addresses. I think when you sign up for Patreon, you have to provide that. Um, but if we don't have it, we may be reaching out to kind of see where, where we're going to need to send these things to you guys when we get them. Our care packages for our patrons who have been so loyal, so patient throughout the whole thing. And uh, there's some cool Absolutely. stuff coming. Yeah. 
Absolutely. So do you want to talk about my little preview for Texas? We didn't get to do that for Atlanta or for Volusia. And I think that's something we should probably get back into. I'm not Nostradamus and I'm not going to say this person is going to win. And I don't have favorites, but I'm just going to go off of stats from the past. And I'll start with the singles class. Shayna Texter-Bauman, which is a mouthful. She's won down there twice already. The only time she didn't win, she got second to Morgan Mishler by 0.013 seconds. So if you're a betting person, put your money on Shayna or Morgan Mishler, actually. Morgan, I think, is dialed in. He did not like the TT. He missed the main event at the TT. He's got to make up some points. And Shayna also did not make the main event. So two riders that didn't make the main at the last race, look for those two to be at the front of the singles class. Yeah, and they both went pretty well in Volusia, the last half mile we were running on. So, uh, And Mishler's not afraid to go find his own his own line and, and try some crazy right. shit. So, um, right. yeah, I think as well as Shayna ran those first two events, <laughs> You're, you're def- you definitely got to put your money on her, um, but uh, but you make a great point with Mishler. Like he's he's going to be hungry to to make make some noise and get some of those points. Absolutely. Uh, let's talk production twins just a little bit. Production twins have only raced at Texas Motor Speedway one time, and it was Corey Texter taking the win the same day as his sister did. Uh, it's the only time ever that siblings have won the, the same time the same night at an AFT National. So Corey's going to be tough to beat. Uh, I think Chad Coast might be. Hard to beat also, and my dark horse for this one, and maybe looking for a win there, will be uh, uh, Ryan Varnes. He's going to be my kind of, I wouldn't say long shot, but he's my dark horse. He's not necessarily the odds-on favorite, but he might get up there and mix it up. Yeah, I think for the same reasons you're talking about Michelin on the singles class, right? He's going to be looking to get some points. Uh, we all know he can run up front and should be running up front, especially on those half miles. So uh, look forward to seeing how he goes. Uh, my, I'm going to put my money on Chad Coast this time. I mean, I think that he is super hungry. And while Corey runs well and has won there in the past, I think uh, Coast is going to win this one this weekend. We'll have to wait and see. And the last class of the Super Twins, um, my money's on Briar, but Brand Robinson if you look back to late last season and on into the early part of this season, Robinson has been going really strong. He's not a TT rider. He will tell you that. He ran like seventh or so at the TT, which is good enough to get enough points to keep him in the hunt for the championship. So my money's on Briar, but don't cut out Robinson. And the biggest question is Meese. Is he going to be up to it? Is he ready to go? Uh, it's been real quiet on the Meese front right now, which, you know, I would keep it quiet. If it was me, if I had an injury, if I'm going for the championship, I'm not going to be telling people what my injury is and how bad it hurts or if I've had surgery or not had surgery or if I stub my toe. That's stuff you keep to yourself. He's uh he's never been one to be sh- like a straight shooter with that kind of stuff even when he's 100%. So uh you you got to believe that he's going to still kind of keep that mindset uh even when if he might be a little a little injured. Um but yeah, I think uh it's going to be interesting to see how that track has changed if it's changed at all since we've been there 2 years ago. I don't really see it right. changing that much. Um but uh but we'll we'll see. I mean, the weather could play a factor there uh with the track conditions and and how they run. Uh, and somebody might uh, might surprise us this weekend that we're not expecting. I always love to see that. So uh, we'll have to wait and see. Looking forward to there it. There are and and there there are thirteen riders in the Super Twins class. By the way, just uh, want to point that out too. Yeah. What do you um, got? Tim is saying uh, he's calling B Rob and JV twenty on the box in Texas. That's his prediction. That's probably that's probably a good call. I, I um, can't say that that's yeah. I mean with with with. The momentum he's that JV twenty has got from uh from that Atlanta race, you, it wouldn't be surprised yeah. to see him running up front too. 
That's a, it's a good call. That would be good. And those two are teammates now. Um, you know, sometimes going to race a non AFT race works out to your favor. Yeah. I will say that for Bronson and for Brandon Robinson, both had mechanicals. They've got that taken care of now, and now they move forward to the AFT race. So to me, that was a good thing that yeah. it happened at a non-national. Not, not, it was a good thing for them. Yeah. It's not a good thing for the fans that were at Lima. It's not a good thing ever because it costs money out of their pocket to fix their bikes. But now their bikes are ready to go. Maybe they're fresher than they ever were. And both those guys, you know, I, I got to throw uh, Bronson, you know, he's, he's, he's hungry too. And, and, yeah. You know, sometimes when you work on your own stuff and, and you get yourself there, you go back to grassroots racing, maybe he'll start running up towards the front here real soon. Here's hoping. I got the hat to rock, so I got to make sure he's running up front too, right? Um, so right, There you go. So another thing uh, this week was the big press release. Uh, it's something we've all expected, something we, we were, were hoping it absolutely was going to be locked in, is, is officially locked in. That's Sacramento Mile. Uh, the date's September the 11th and 12th, a little doubleheader action. Wait. Which is a Saturday and a Sunday. Yeah. So uh, that opens up Friday night for the Lodi Cycle Bowl. Uh, they've already reached out to me as well. So uh, night before the night before the national, now it's going to be the night before the nationals. Uh, so I'll go out to the Lodi Cycle Bowl. I love that short track. And uh, they usually have a big purse. Uh, a handful of the top riders from the country will be there. Um, I'm going to be there too, it looks like. So uh, I'm excited about that. Uh, that's one track that I wished... I would have raced as uh, when I was racing. I wish I would have somehow made it out there. Even Stoney's raced out there, and I have I, I didn't get a chance to race out the Lotus Cycle Bowl. <laughs> um, so, that's, that's one that you tried to drag me to when I was uh, running the running the yes. national circuit, and I never made yes. it because I was always worried about the the race day the next day. So uh, maybe we can uh, kind of figure out something there, and maybe do some left out coverage at a Lodi Cycle Bowl. That would be well. We'll have to see. We'll have to see if it fits into your motocross schedule. You know, you and your motocross. I'm gonna be out there. I'm gonna be out there for Hangtown. Is that the same weekend? I'm hoping. I think it was, but maybe. Yeah, we'll we'll have to double check that. I don't. I know that right, usually right. has been in the past, so we'll have to look at that. But I know, um, but usually we're running there in May. So oh, uh, that's a good point. There that's you go. Good point. There you go. Fingers Everything crossed. changes around. Damn COVID. I know it. What one more thing that we got to talk about before we get into this week's guest is a, a guy that you went back and forth with that is a huge fan of the podcast and. You named his motorcycle for him. Tell me more yeah, about. I this. don't know if he's going to use the name, but I fell in love with it. Like he said, so apparently, uh, he's he's a big uh, listener of the podcast. He listens to the podcast. I think all the podcasts, but um, our our podcast. He said that while he builds framers in his garage. Uh, so I was like, that's that's pretty damn cool. And I told him I was getting ready right. to learn a motorcycle. Your dad was going to teach me. He was like, that's a bucket list item right there. A fast daddy <laughs> teaching you to ride a motorcycle. I was like, super cool. Mm -hmm. He started showing me pictures of his framers. I'm a Charlotte Hornets fan. For those of you that don't know, diehard Charlotte Hornets fan. Whatever, dude. Watch them this year. Boo. They're going to surprise some people. They're, they're playing right now while we're doing this. Yeah. And in the playoffs. In the playoffs. I know it. And they're going to win. They're going to surprise some people. LaMelo Ball, telling you. Anyways, purple and teal, obviously. They, I, he had a framer that had uh, purple and teal. I'll post a picture uh, for those of you so you can see it. Um, but the tank. The tank had a Dixie, uh, you know, the Dixie cup frame, like the teal and purple yeah. old Dixie yeah. cups. It was all of. over the tank. Um, and then the, he had a cow, a cow print seat, which I just, I don't know, man. I fell in love with it. And I was like, that's and, a, what? 
and his dog's right there in the picture he sent you too. The oh, dog's yeah, just like dog's he's like chilling. modeling for the picture. Um, yeah, super cool dude. Said that once you learn to ride, you can come out to Washington, and he's got uh, some land out there that he that we can go ride. And he's got a monkey that he said if I don't feel comfortable on a real motorcycle, I can ride his monkey. Not a like oh. an animal monkey, <laughs> uh, the Honda monkey. Uh, okay, so I, I, I feel a little bit comfortable on more comfortable on those I think because they're lower to the ground. Um, but that framer dude, I was like, if you just let me sit on that framer, uh, but I called it Dixie. That that's the name that I, I named his, well, his framer. And, so. and, and and the guy's name we're talking about is Kiefer Jones. Kiefer, yeah. thanks for listening to the podcast. And your bike is awesome. The gas tank reminds me of the the teardrop aluminum gas tank that I used to have on my night uh, Rotax, not my Woods Rotax. My Woods Rotax had a, a fiberglass tank, but the night one had the aluminum teardrop gas tank in it. Man, that, that bike looks really good. So, yeah. uh, just a shout out to Kiefer. Thanks for listening, and your bike is cool. He had it at the uh, One Moto Show this year too, on display in, in a van. It's just the setup he had there was super cool. Apparently, he's building another cool. one for next year's Moto Show, One Moto Show. So, um, maybe we can make it out there for the One Moto Show in twenty twenty two. That's that is on our that is on our bucket list. It has it been usually comes up when i'm already doing something else so and well and speaking, the whole pandemic thing has kind of thrown a wrench in the past yeah, two yeah. years but it's definitely on our bucket list and we'll make it up there to the pacific northwest soon i guarantee it speaking of schedules i just got six more events added to my schedule later on this year What flat track yeah no enduro cross enduro cross explain this to me well, in Daryl Cross, we go to go to we're going to go to the same arena as we do the Arena Cross series in. Same promoter. Mm-hmm. Uh, they bring in big rocks. Maybe you could call them boulders. They bring in logs. They bring in uh, tree stumps. They bring in concrete, and they pour like almost little swimming pools. And they set up a race course, and you got to go around this course. And of course, you're racing, so you're racing against the other people. Uh, it's what, what what I like about it is some people try it on trials bikes, some people try it on their pure motocross bikes, mm-hmm. and they try to jump from one obstacle to the other. Some people try it on their on their maybe like their cross country bikes. So different <laughs> thoughts go into it, but whatever you're most comfortable on, that's what you ride. You know, because those trials riders they don't they don't sit down, they stand up, but they don't have a high speed either. So you know, it's just. It takes all kind, all different kinds of people, and uh, there are six rounds. They just announced that uh, late last week, and um, I, I'm on board for all six of them. Uh, one of them's going to be sketchy. I got to go either overnight from Charlotte to Reno, or get up at the crack of dawn, which I don't like doing, and go first flight out of Charlotte to Reno. But the good thing is, I gained three hours going going west. Those are the best ones. They're hell. They're hell when you're going through them. Yeah. But yeah. you know, looking back, you're like, how the hell did I pull that off? And there's always a good story right. there. Right. Um, Graham Jarvis posts some of the some amazing enduro stuff on Insta. Okay. Graham. Oh, Dr- Graham cool. Graham Jarvis. Check out Graham, Graham Jarvis. Jarvis. Uh, apparently. Not, not my Graham. Not your. Graham. Not my Graham. No. And not Ricky Graham. Not Ricky Graham. But Graham Jar- or, or Graham Jordan Charlie. Graham. None of those Grams. Oh yeah, yeah. Graham Jarvis. I love Graham. Yeah. I love Graham. There's a lot of cool Grams out there. Uh, yeah. We got to check yep. that one out. All right. So yep. shall we get into this week's episode? One more thing. One more Since thing. Since this is coming out on this is coming out on Friday, my daughter is going to have a birthday on Monday. We're going to celebrate down in Texas. So, uh, Haley, if you're listening, happy birthday! Yay! Oh my gosh, you and your toys. I just saw that sound effect. I had to hit it. That's good stuff, Haley. Oh happy birthday! What is she? Twenty one this year? 
Yeah, something like that. And you don't say your age. Don't say your age. Because then I'm people not saying her age because that are. makes me old. I know. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Well, she begins every episode. For those of you that don't know, you can hear Haley's voice at the start. Uh, she, so she's yep. made every episode so far, which is pretty cool. Um, and and what? one of our, uh, or a couple of our guests have actually asked to have her on the podcast, but one day I don't know what do. her knowledge, yeah. I don't know what her knowledge of flat track would be, but it doesn't uh, matter. I know she... I know she went to some when she was little and watched me a little bit. And I know there for a while with her work schedule, uh, she got to go uh, to about one race a year for a little while. And uh, she's going to Texas this year. She'll go to Oklahoma City, of course, because it's Father's Day weekend. So she'll go out there at least for one of those, maybe both of them. So, yeah. So happy birthday, Haley. Good stuff, man. All right. Well, this week's a a special one, dude. uh, It's a a kid we've been wanting to have on for a minute. Somebody that's special uh, from something, a story you told me from Volusia, which is really cool. We'll get into and you'll hear about it during the interview. Um, but yep. uh, Casey Cisco, uh, a, a kid that uh, raced up full season. I think he missed one race last year, um, but it was his first full season last year. Up and comer, uh, a really cool story heading into the 2021 season. And uh, he's been performing pretty strong. Uh, so we wanted to have him on for a minute and uh, we got him this week. You got him this week. I got it dialed in. His dad reached out to us through Sammy Sabedra and actually offered a spot for my dad to get in the pits because my dad is not a good uh, spectator in the grandstands, just <laughs> like I'm not either, apparently. Anyway, so uh, Mr. Cisco reached out to me and offered a spot for my dad to get in the pits anytime my dad wanted to go because it's just him and him and his kid, yeah. him and Casey going to the races, which is just like pretty much how it was with me and my dad. You know, occasionally we'd have, if I was riding for somebody, uh, you know, Johnny Isaacs would ride with us or uh, when I was getting, you know, cutting my teeth, I'd ride with Stoney or Stoney ride with us or whatever. And we would go to a lot of those races. But, you know, when we're going to the nationals, you don't want to take your competition with you. So usually it's just me and my dad and we just hopped in the van and we went. And that is what Casey does with his dad, Mike. So uh, I find a lot of similarities in what they're doing and I really want to talk to him. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Here we go. Hello, Cisco kid. What's up? What's going on, Scotty? How are you? I, I, man, I'm good. I, I I'm ready for some racing. It seems like, you know, we got the season kicked off down in Florida. Then we waited forever. Then we raced Atlanta, and that's the last time I saw you. And and here we are, getting ready to go to Texas. So I'm just ready to go. Are you ready to go to Texas? I'm definitely ready to go. Ready to get back on some uh, some half miles. All right. Well, the reason I, I wanted to have you on here is because when I walked up to you guys at the uh, at the lineup to get into the track or, or the you know the line to get into the pit area, I guess you and your dad were sitting in a van, and it reminded me a whole lot of me and my dad. You know, traveling across the country, race to race, and and just you know all this you know the seat time and road miles with your dad, and then uh, for you to have that good performance that night, it meant a lot to me, and it brought back a lot of memories to me. So. We'll get into that night here in just a little bit, but uh, thanks for taking the time and, and coming on the podcast with me. Yeah, yeah, thanks for having me. All right, so let's go way back to the beginning. Where were you born? I was born in Mooresville, Indiana. All right. where I don't even know. I don't think I've ever heard it. Where is Mooresville? Um, Central Indiana, about 20 minutes from Indianapolis. Okay, all right. What's it like growing up there? Oh, it's just... Uh, it's a small town, real small town, not, not much to do, but it's, uh, it's pretty cool. I was, I was lucky enough to, uh, grow up around quite a few other kids that, that ride dirt bikes as well. So 
it was cool to always have have guys to ride with and and keep me busy. How did you first get into motorcycles? Uh, my dad, my dad got me a bike. My grandpa raced uh, raced locally um, back in his day, and my dad never never got the chance to race, so he uh, he wanted to give that chance to me. So your grandpa raced did. Did he race flat track? And this was—I'm I'm assuming this is way before you're born. I mean, my grandfather raced during my lifetime, but that was some vintage stuff. Did he race before you were born, or did you remember seeing him race at all? Uh, yeah, it was—it was definitely before I was born. But yeah, he was—he uh, raced flat track, just local tracks around here, and uh, and he—he uh, he never let my dad race. Really, he was busy working, but uh, my dad—my dad wanted to give me the chance to race, so. So here we are. Here we are. That's cool. Do you remember your first motorcycle? Yeah, yeah. My first bike was a, a JR50, a Suzuki JR50. Okay. Is that the is that the first bike you raced, or did you wait a while before you started racing? Yeah, yeah. That was the that was the first bike I raced. Tell me about that first time when you rode the JR50. I I know when I was a kid growing up, we used to call them Junior 50s because it said that's what it said on the seat, Junior 50s. But tell me that first time you rode the JR50. Do you remember it? Yeah, yeah, I remember. I was in my uh, my grandpa's backyard, and uh, and I was actually always always scared of the dirt bikes. To be honest with you, I never never really wanted to ride one. But uh, when I was about four years old, my dad finally finally got me to get on one and. And I rode it around the backyard for a little bit and actually ended up running into my grandpa's boat. <laughs> you didn't hurt the boat, did you? No, no, not the boat. That's good. That's good. So so after you hit the boat, is that when you decide you better get on a racetrack where it's a little safer? Yeah, yeah. He took me out to uh, the Johnson County Fairgrounds, and uh, I did my first race. How, how'd you do? Oh shoot! I don't remember. I don't remember. All right, that's all right. You don't. You don't have to remember that first race. I mean, sometimes a first race is good to forget. I can. I honestly can't remember my first race either. Uh, what kind of tracks were around where you grew? Where you grew up uh, when you first started? Uh, all short tracks. All short tracks. We had a. We had a little one there at the Johnson County Fairgrounds, and then we had uh, had Mid America, and uh, Lawrenceburg. Okay, those are those are some pretty cool tracks. Uh, what was it about flat track that appealed to you? Uh, just just the adrenaline and uh, the close racing. It's it's definitely cool to uh, be able to go fast inches away from from another guy and and be able to trust him for the most part. And uh, and it's just fun. I love it. I, I saw some some motocross pictures on on your Facebook page, maybe on your Instagram. Do you still ride moto also? Yeah, yeah, I do quite a bit of motocross riding just for the fun of it and uh, just to get out and do do different things. And I also also run some hair scramble races every once in a while. Mm, those are fun. Those are demanding. I, I, I rode some cross country. In Oklahoma, they call them cross countries, but they're similar to a hair scramble. But being on a motorcycle for like two or, you know, sometimes three hours, man, that is grueling. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's definitely tough, but uh, I enjoy it. Mix it up a bit. Mm, all right. So I got, I got, I'm a, I'm a numbers kind of guy and I'm number 43 because my grandfather was 43. Uh, why? I, I remember you as an amateur, I think you had 61 and then now as a pro you're, you're 161. So why are you number 161? Well, for the same reason, that was the number of my grandpa. 
Awesome. Awesome. So he was 61 or was he 161? Because I know sometimes back in the day they had three-digit numbers also. Yeah, he was uh, He was number 61. Okay. All right. That is cool. Is he still around? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's still, uh, he comes to the ones that are close, and uh, he definitely enjoys it. And he, I know he's sitting at home watching watching every race. That is cool. Does he does he still give you some pointers? I mean, once a flat tracker, always a flat tracker. Does he help you out? Does he give you some pointers when when he's there? Yeah, yeah. Maybe every once in a while he'll uh, he'll watch some other guys and tell me what they're doing and and try to help me out the best he can. How old are you? But I'm 20 years old. All right. So you're out of high school. Did you go to college at all? No, no, didn't go to college. Just uh, got out of high school and, and started working right away. All right. Well, now that brought, brought up this other subject, we had to wait and record later today because you're working all day. Tell us what you do for a living. Yeah, I'm, uh, I frame custom homes. I'm a, I'm a carpenter, and I, uh, I enjoy it. It keeps me busy. That's like a full-time job, like, you know, sun up to sundown, right? Yeah, yeah, I work I work 40 plus hours a week and uh but it's cool, it's cool. I get to I get to get off square racing. Luckily I have a, a cool boss and he uh he's always cool and understanding and and lets me go lets me go do my thing on the weekend. That's awesome to have for sure. Uh let's let's talk about your amateur career. You said you started when you were really young. Did you go all through the ranks as an amateur like starting with the little bikes and work your way up to the to the 85s and the and the 125s or 250s or you know what kind of classes did you race as an amateur? Yeah, yeah, I ran them all all the way from 50s to 450s now. Okay. Did you run the 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 flat track grand championships or what people call the amateur nationals? Yeah. Yeah, I went um I went two times on 85 and one time on a 250, and then I went uh, my last year as an amateur on a 450. Okay. What was your best results? Did you win any championships or win some races? I know going to those big races, it's tough because it's the best of the best, you know, from all around the world most of the time. I mean, not right now because the, the boaters are closed, but, you know, it's the best of the best when you go to the amateur grand nationals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I never won any races at the Amateur Nationals. I uh, I had some good finishes here and there, but now I unfortunately never won any any races or any championships. Who's who's some of the guys you raced with as an amateur? Uh, I grew up with Kevin Solings, Trent Lowe, Jeremiah Jeremiah Duffy, uh, Trevor Bruner. Man, that, that's some heavy competition right there. Just those guys right there. Can can run up front in the pro class now, you know? Yeah, yeah, it was definitely cool growing up with those guys. They, uh, we pushed each other every weekend and and made each other faster for sure. Do you have a favorite amateur race? Uh, my favorite amateur race would probably be uh, Savannah Half Mile. I believe it was 2019. Uh, I rode actually rode Andrew Butler's bike. We showed up that day, and it was a. Uh, there's my first time, first time riding his bike, and went out there and and battled with Dallas Daniel for the whole race, and ended up second. But no, I think that was that was my favorite amateur race. Was it Andrew Butler's? Was it a, a motocross style bike, the 450, or was it what is his framer? Yeah, it was a, a Honda 450 motocross style. Nice, nice. Yeah, Butler knows a thing or two on how to set those 450s up, so that's pretty cool. So. Growing up, you know, racing all these tough guys, 
you know, stiff competition from the, the, the moment you start racing, basically, until until you race the amateur nationals. How hard and what was the deci- deciding factor to turn pro? Yeah, it was, uh, we definitely, we, we definitely waited, um, until I was ready to turn pro. I didn't turn pro right when I turned 16. Uh, we thought about it, but you know, we wanted to, we wanted to show up and make sure that we were going to be competitive and, and, uh, have a fighting chance of making this main event and, uh, and making a name for myself. So 2020 rolls around, you turn pro it looks like you went to every round, except for I didn't see your name at the Devil's Bowl. So you're committed. You're all in. Um, what were some of the takeaways from twenty nine from 2020? Yeah, it was a uh, it was a tough year for sure. Um, I knew it was going to be tough going into it, but uh, it was tough, and I uh, I definitely learned a lot. Learned learned some new tracks. Uh, learned learned all the new riders and. Uh, and uh, learn some different things about bike setup and uh, and how to adjust to the track as the night goes on. Mm, that's that is huge because you qualify. You know it's daytime, and you have to qualify good to get a good starting spot in your in your semifinal. Sometimes there's heat races too, but um, you know qualifying is one thing. You're out there with a bunch of riders, and and it's hard to gauge who you're running with, but you have to qualify good to get you a good starting spot. Um, going through some of the results, you know, you qualified pretty good at, at several of them and you missed the main event by like one or two spots at multiple races. And one, one that sticks out to me is the Springfield short track. They only took 32 to each of the semis. And then we ran two nationals that day and you were 0.03 seconds off. So you had to sit and watch that day. Was that hard to do? Oh yeah, that was uh that was definitely hard. And especially considering Springfield is probably my favorite track, and I I always tend to go good there. I'm not sure, I'm not sure what went wrong. Maybe we just didn't uh, didn't hit the setup right away, and uh, but it's all good. It's all good. It was definitely tough to sit there and watch, but uh, we still watched and uh, still took some good things away from it. The next round we go out to Williams Grove. Qualified 22nd, ninth in the semi, just one spot away. You could almost taste the main event right there. Tell me about Williams Grove. Yeah, Williams Grove was it was cool. It was definitely a, a unique racetrack. Um, I felt felt okay throughout the day, and uh, like you said, I ended up ninth, one spot out, and I was I was definitely right there, and it it felt good to uh, to be right there and and almost in the main event but definitely was a tough pill to swallow just being one spot out so after williams grove was devil's bowl uh i didn't see your name at all in qualifying so i'm assuming you skipped it what was the reason for skipping that one uh just just the long drive we just decided to sit that one out and regroup and and head into the next round Okay. So it's just you and your dad going to all the rounds. Again, you finished off the year, you know, pretty solid. You know, again, another ninth in the in the semi at Atlanta. Uh Charlotte, we had one rain out, fourteenth in the semi on the night we got the race. Daytona, a twelfth in the semi, night number one, night number two, they went off a of qualifying, so you you didn't even get to race the semifinal. But all in all, a good solid first year. So let's talk about the off season. You and your dad, what did you do to prepare for twenty twenty one that you didn't do for twenty twenty? Uh, mostly just, just me and, and my mindset, I, uh, I buckled down on myself and, and really started taking it serious and started training, uh, quite a bit. And, uh, 
and just felt a lot more confident going into the year. And we, uh, we built a, a good motorcycle over the off season and, uh, and just, just felt good and felt a lot more confident going into the, to the first race. What kind of training have you been doing? Uh, just riding, riding my bicycle a lot for sure. And, and in the gym, obviously it's, it's cold here in the winter time, so not much to do outside, but definitely, definitely in the gym and, uh, just trying to trying to keep myself in shape. You also rode some races leading up to Volusia. I mean, I know it's it's a long break, and a lot of people just only ride nationals. But it seemed like you rode a few races, you know, leading up to Volusia. Do you think that helped as well? Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. The more seat time, the better. And uh, and like I said, it's cold here in the winter time. There's not much to do outside. So whenever I get the chance to uh, get somewhere warm and race, I definitely take it. Absolutely. I saw did did you raced at Callahan, got to to, to rub elbows with Jared Meese and some of the, the big dogs. What what's that like as a, a one year pro, one year behind your belt? Uh what's it like to, to put your helmet on and line up with, with some of the, the best guys in the world? Oh, it's it's definitely cool, definitely cool. Maybe uh a little intimidating at times, but uh just just gotta keep reminding myself they're they're just another guy, just another rider and and uh, I can run right there with them. Are, are there guys in the Super Twins class or even the Production Twins class that you can go up to and ask for advice? Yeah, yeah, we uh, we work quite a bit this off season with uh, Jeffrey Carver as well, and and uh, he helped me a little bit last year at the end of last year, and uh, we talked on the phone a lot this year, and I I got together with him a few times and did some riding with him, and and he's definitely been a big help big help this year and uh and just keeping my mind right and and helping with bike setup i call them call them throughout the race days and uh tell them tell them what's going on and and he definitely has helped out a lot what it that that is just huge but tell me one thing that's helped you the most that he's told you i mean i don't you don't need to give me any speed secrets away or anything like that but just one thing that that sticks out that that's really helped you uh, mainly just just bike setup working with me and uh suspension he uh i'm not i'm not huge on tuning the suspension i've never really known how to do it properly and and he's definitely definitely helped me and and knowing um knowing what changes to make when so you it's you and your dad so when you come off the racetrack do you just step off and go sit down and tell your dad what you need to do or are you a, a hands-on rider that you have to be involved in it and help make help make the changes with your dad no i definitely definitely help as much as i can um he he's always there for me and always uh always asking what i need or what i think or what i want and uh but i i definitely try to try to help him out and give him a hand whenever i can how much do you guys, you know, I know when I was growing up and racing, we relied on that stopwatch. Now we have the live timing and scoring. How much do you look at it and then make changes to the motorcycle and then look at it again? Or is it all off of how you feel on the motorcycle? Um, mostly mostly off how I feel um, tuning the motorcycle, but I definitely still pay attention to it and uh, and and watch the timing and and watch what other guys are doing. Let's talk about 2021. You have started off the, the year uh, with a bang, you know, going to Volusia, round number one, 
kicking off the 2021 season. You qualified 30th, which is not that great, but then you go out there and run eighth in your semi, and you qualify for your first ever AFT main event. What's that feeling like? Oh, it was it was awesome. It was like a big weight lifted off my shoulders. I uh, I'd been chasing it all of 2020, and uh, it felt good to uh, finally feel some hard work pay off. And uh, and it was just just a, a good moment for me and my dad. You know, we we definitely worked hard at this. We both worked full time and uh, go racing on the weekends, and it just it just felt good. It felt good. What did he say to you when you got back to the pit area and took your helmet off? He was just just pumped, just happy for me, and and uh, just telling me good job, and and he was he was proud of me for sure. I definitely tell he was proud. Yeah, absolutely. So night number, well, let me back up. Fifteenth, fifteenth in the main event, your first one ever. Um, this is your first time to experience a timed race. What was that like as to racing lap? You know, most of the time when you're growing up, you know how many laps you have, you know how how to pace yourself. But what was it like racing your first ever timed event? It was definitely a little bit different. Um, the race was a lot longer than what I expected. Um, we can click off 15 laps on a half mile pretty quickly. And uh, eight minutes was definitely, definitely felt like a, a long eight minutes yeah you don't you don't think about it until you're on a motorcycle going as fast as you can that eight minutes seems like an eternity i bet yeah yeah it was it definitely felt long but no it was it was cool good experience and uh it was just just cool to be there and, and finally be in the main event night number two at volusia qualified 18th a whole lot better the second night so you had to been riding the, the the high from the night before uh eighth again in the semi which puts you in the main event and the 16th place at volusia in the main do you think it helped that you were that you raced that track the year before at, you know as a national do you think that helped in part of you going fast this year yeah yeah it definitely helped we uh we had some notes written down and uh and I had some some mental notes of of what the track was going to do throughout the day and uh, and what I needed to do to to set up the bike and make it a little bit better for me. I got another question for you. What did your grandpa say? Oh, he was he was definitely definitely happy. He's a uh, he's a big part of this whole this whole program. He's been behind me since since day one, and uh, he was definitely just happy and and proud. From from that weekend, I started calling you the Cisco Kid, and I checked with you, and I checked with your dad to make sure that was okay. And I, I think you like it. I, I guess I, I'll ask you again: Is that okay if I call you the Cisco Kid? Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's that's kind of what I've been called my whole career. So yeah, that's fine with me. Okay, good deal. Let's move on to round number three: the Atlanta Super TT qualified twentieth, eleventh uh, place in your semifinal. I talked to you earlier in the day, and you weren't that excited about the racetrack. Uh, now that you've raced it, you, you missed the main by a couple of spots. What were your thoughts after the Atlanta super TT? No, it was, it was cool. I, uh, I, I thought the track was pretty cool. Once we got out there, I was, uh, I didn't, I didn't really know what to think about it at first. I had never really ridden anything quite like it, but, uh, once we got out there, I, I felt pretty comfortable. Like you said, qualified 20th, which was, uh, so so, but no, it was a it was a fun racetrack. I thought. What was it like on a flat track bike going from pavement to dirt? I've never experienced it. We've done that a couple of times now. Um, did 
was that okay with you? Did you like it? Was it no big deal? Yeah, I was, uh, I was a little bit concerned about it at first. I didn't know. Obviously, you have a lot of traction on the pavement, and and going to dirt, you lose you lose some of that traction. I was a little bit concerned, but once we got out there and and got going, it wasn't too bad. Do you typically like TT tracks? Yeah, yeah, I, I like them. I enjoy them. I've never been great on them, but you know, I I enjoy jumping and turning right, and it's just it's something different. It's definitely a part of the schedule now, so you've got to get good at all different kinds of racetracks. Uh, let's talk about uh, the rest of the year. You're 21st in the points right now. Do you have any goals for the rest of the 2021 AFT season? Yeah, yeah, definitely goals. Uh, we'll definitely continue to continue to make main events and uh, and get up there in the top 10 and, and hopefully would like to break into the top five at least once this year. Uh, that'd be awesome. What races are you looking forward to uh, for the rest of the season? I'm, I'm talking about American Flat Track right now. Is there one particular race you're looking forward to? Is there a couple of them that you that you got marked down that you want to really do good at? Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to uh, to all the miles. I uh, I don't have much mile experience. Last year, um, any mile was my first was my first time out on one, and and it was definitely cool. Definitely a, a whole different ball game, but. Uh, Definitely looking forward to the miles, and then uh, the, the New York short track looks pretty cool. It looks like it's kind of right up my alley. Yeah, that one looks like a lot of fun. I mean, I've never ridden it. I've, of course, I've been there, but it looks like a lot of fun. I think you'll go good there because all the short tracks that you grew up on that you talked about early on, I think I think that'll suit your style just fine. Um, are you going to run any other non-AFT races this season, or is that just looking at the calendar and, and pick and choose as as they come closer to you uh just just kind of pick and choose as far as the uh the non-aft races uh, i know we're definitely going to be in in Terre Haute for the steve nace race and uh and i'd imagine you'll see me at a, a couple more steve nace races okay do you think you go up to the dairy land i mean it's the weekend after Terre Haute. i think I think that short track could be good for you too, but I think they mix you guys all up in one big class of pros. So have you, have you run the dairy land or, and you think, are you thinking about going there this year? No, I've never been there. And, and honestly, no, I haven't really thought about going this year, but, uh, but I'll definitely, I would definitely like to check it out. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Lima's on the schedule. Uh, ha- have you, you haven't got to race there yet. Have you? Yeah, I raced there, uh, a few weeks ago. I know. Jeff Hires put on the race. Uh, okay, that that was my first time there at Lima. I got you. What what were your thoughts? I mean, that's a that's a really famous track. It it um it's fast, it's loose, it's rough, it's it's neat just to be there. Um, you know, it's dark on the front straightaway. I mean, there's all kinds of emotions that go through my mind when I get there. What is it like as a rider? Yeah, it was uh it was definitely cool to to show up and. Uh, to show up and be at the line a half mile. I've been there a few years and, and watched it a couple times, but, uh, it was cool. I know it's definitely, definitely the gnarliest track on the, on the circuit, but, uh, it was cool to show up and it was, it was definitely, definitely lived up to its name. Absolutely. So, uh, we're already at the part of the episode. It's time for Graham's question. And, uh, let's, let's back up here a little bit. Graham said she, she, She'd heard of your grandfather, but she never heard of your dad's Mike Cisco. Um, 
and that's making sense now that he didn't race because your, your grandpa didn't let him. So let's fast forward a little ways. If you have some kids, if you have a boy or a girl, would you let them race flat track? Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. I, uh, all the fun times and memories I've had, I would, I would definitely want my kid to experience it. Absolutely. There's nothing like traveling cross country with, with your dad and, and just shooting the shit about anything and everything. I mean, as some of my 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 most favorite times was with my dad, you know, going to the races or even coming home from the races, just the things that you do and and just just being with your dad. It, it's so cool. I'm, I'm I'm proud that you're doing that. I'm happy for you and your dad that you have that relationship. And I think Graham will be be happy and she'll love to hear that you want to carry the uh, racing tradition on in your family. Yeah, yeah. We've me and my dad have definitely had some some good times over the years and uh definitely have a lot of miles in on the road together <laughs> yeah i i wish i wish at some point i would have kept track of how many miles because i mean i know we've gone through vehicles and how many miles approximate were on some of those vehicles and i, I don't know I, I think we've probably all driven around the earth at least once right <laughs> yeah yeah i'd imagine so yeah yeah too bad it's just going to a race and coming right back so uh it's time for rapid fire questions so i want you to tell me the first thing that comes to mind when i ask you a question are you ready i'm ready what is your favorite bike you've ever ridden uh the honda 450 which one anyone particular are you talking about andrew butler's or the one you got now uh the one i got now it's 2018 honda 450 all right what's your favorite racetrack um, I'd have to say Springfield short track. I, I definitely like Springfield. Okay. Who's your favorite flat tracker of all time? Mm, I'm going to go with Brad Baker. Cool. That's awesome. He's going to love hearing that. Who's your favorite person to go bench racing with? Uh, definitely my grandpa. Okay. I love that answer too, man. You're, you're mean. We have so many similarities. It's so cool to have you on here. Uh, who taught you the most? Uh, I'm going to say my dad has definitely taught me the most. He, uh, he's been by my side through this whole thing and, and had my back a hundred percent. And he's, uh, he's always been there for me and, and, and being a helping hand there. Yeah. All right. When heading to the races, I have to bring my what? What is one thing you have to have? Uh, I got to have my headphones for the road trip. Okay. <laughs> when you've had enough talking to your dad, you put your headphones on? <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. We'll say that. Okay. All right. All right. I got you. I mean, I mean, sometimes you got to chill out and do your own thing, too. I get it. Uh, since you're racing the singles class, I'm going to ask you this one. Who is the next first-time singles champion? Mm, that's a tough one there's there's so many good guys and and girl that are in the singles class but i'm gonna say max whale is gonna be the next the next first time champ okay i like it uh this next question we we borrow from dave to spain uh but what are you most proud of so far in your young career um just just being able to overcome challenges and uh and we i know we all go through there's some tough times in our careers, but uh, just just bouncing back and and be able to make the best of every situation. Well, your dad is definitely proud of you. I'm proud of you for making your first two main events this season. Uh, your dad says you're you're a hardworking, humble guy, 
And I, I'd have to say I agree with them. I really appreciate your dad reaching out to me and, and offering a spot on your pit crew for my dad. So uh, you guys are awesome people, and I just wanted you to know that. Uh, before we let you go, would you like to say thanks to anybody? Yeah, I definitely, definitely uh, have a big list here to thank. My my dad and mom for sure, uh, my grandparents as well. Without without them right there, this, this wouldn't be possible at all. And Dryer uh, Motorsports, they have been behind me since since day one, helping me with everything they can. Uh, KMA Racing, Jason and Sarah Spurrier, they're they're ones for providing me with a bike this year, and uh, and definitely have a good one underneath me. Uh, Langbros Weathers, Tucker Power Sports, JG Lubricant Services, Glidden Racing, Fastlane Cycles, uh, SRC, Brian Stoughton, he's he's been there for a long time as well. Brop City Digital, Mike Butler Racing, Superior System and Supplies, Competition Transport 2, um, Middle Illini Motorsports, Mitch Stein, he's been there for a long time, been behind me for a long time. Uh, Jeffrey Carver, Happy Trails Racing, My- Mike Luzak for building me a rocket ship of a murder this year, Collins Power Sports and uh, King's Customs. Right on. It takes an army to get to the races every week. And, and as a privateer, you know that just as well as I do. Casey Cisco, keep doing what you're doing this year because uh, whatever you're doing, you're doing it right. And I uh, can't wait to see you down in Texas. Thanks, Scotty. We'll see you. I got to tell you, man, those riders that do what he's done for the past year and come back and do it again the next year, week in and week out, in a van with their dad, like, that that is flat track to me like that is yep. so real and so raw and he's a humble he's he, he knows that he has a long way to go but he's like grinding i, I gotta I, you gotta love that well you know it it's hard carter going he went to every race but the devil's bowl last year mm-hmm. every race did not make a main event which yeah. means you make zero dollars you make nothing you spend tank full after tank full after tank full of gas just to get there you spend money on tires you spend money on the motorcycle you spend money away from home sometimes there's hotels involved sometimes there's so many little things that you do and for him to get focused after last season and come out of the box strong i mean he didn't set the world on fire but he made his first two nationals of his career yeah. and that singles class is stacked. It's that is the best ra- stacked, right? Like it's exactly it, yeah. to, to That's go the th- best racing that we have. Yeah. And a, a handful of guys can win every, you know, maybe 10 guys could win every round. So just for him to do it out of the back of a van, like I used to do it, like many of the people that the years before me, riders before me, still a lot of riders still do it too. He's doing it out of the back of a van with his dad, yeah, he has a lot of sponsors that he mentioned at the end of the podcast, but it takes a, a lot of those people just to get to every round. And my hats are off to him and his dad for going out there and doing it and keep believing that you can make mains and, and go out there and do it. Now he's done it, it'll, it will get easier. It's proven that after you do it, it gets easier. So he'll keep finishing in main events, and then he'll, he'll, he'll work for the top 10. Yeah. Then he's going to work for the top five. Then all of a sudden, he's going to reel off his first win. And look out. You don't know what's going to happen. So I love the story. I'm glad we had him on. Yeah. You heard it here, folks. Here, you heard it here first, folks. Check back in a Easy. Year. 
Easy for you to say. Yeah, check back in a year or two. This this kid's with that attitude, like to keep grinding like he does. And it's not just the nationals he's going to now. He's going to the outlaw races. He went to the he raced at Callahan. He went to Pensacola uh, dirt track. He's he was in Lima when we were there uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, so he's going to Terre Haute. He's yeah, he's going to Terre Haute. He's putting in work, and, and that pays yep. off, right? Um, so 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 cool to hear his story so cool to get to to chat with him and uh really look forward to seeing how he goes in texas absolutely so on that note i hope we're racing in texas i'm ready for some some half mile dirt track and i know a lot of our fans are too after we had the atlanta super tt uh we're we're getting into the meat of the schedule it's going to get harder the grind's beginning i would say the grind's beginning this weekend it's going to be a long run for you for sure what were you saying 11 weeks in a row 11 weeks in a row, if you count what we're doing for Left Out at uh, Dairyland and the Moto America race. Oh, so. yeah. That's good stuff. Yep. Uh, stay tuned. Yep. There's some really cool stuff going on. Uh, can't wait to see how that all pans out when we go to Wisconsin. Uh, you'll hear more in the coming weeks as we as we begin <laughs> to plan and lay that out. Uh, but there'll be some really cool stuff for you guys to watch in between those uh, those national races that we uh, I think have a one-off week, right, That during that? Is that what it is? For Somewhere around stuff? it, yeah. Something, something like that. I don't know. But we've talked about me. I'm going to Texas this weekend. What are you doing? On, on a paddleboard? Nah, I'm not doing a paddleboard. I don't even know if it's warm enough yet. But I'm basically, yeah. I'm just, it's my last weekend before I start doing the promoto stuff. And that's pretty much every weekend for the summer. Uh, so I don't know. Just, just enjoying the last weekend with the girl. She uh, went with me to Charlotte. We had a good time there, but it was rushed with family. So we're just gonna relax and not do much this weekend. Uh, may do uh, maybe trim, uh, maybe, maybe trim the beard. Nah, she won't let me. How about this? How about keep it on four wheels? I'll try. And uh, I'm gonna keep it on two wheels. If I get on two wheels, I'm I'm hopefully riding down to Texas with Dale Jones. What? If if, if, if weather permits and we right. get this thing in, Dale's coming down here. He's gonna stick around. And he's going to go to our Monday night dinner party. I like uh, it. And there's there's indoor skydiving here not too far from me. So uh, oh, we'll yeah. see our patron, Dale Jones, here real soon. Uh, hanging with them wow. on Thursday night, picking up Daryl Brentlinger and Glenn Scott. And I think we're I think we're having a, a slumber party or something down there. I don't know. I don't even know the sleeping situation. Listen, we'll figure it out. If you're what? hanging with Daryl, that's one that we need to have on. So let that dude know it's next week or the week after he's gonna come on and and we gotta have an episode with daryl like that's been right. well, that's dale, what i've wanted for a while dale jones needs to come on too well maybe both of them since they're like good friends i don't know that's a that's an episode but that would be a lot they both because they both need their own episode tell them that that, that needs to happen uh, all right two really cool stories two really cool dudes i talked to daryl a lot in, in lima when we were there uh, always good to catch up with him at the track um, but I would love to have him on the podcast. So let them know. Um, but yeah, are you? You're not riding motorcycles down, are you? No, okay. he's uh, uh, Dale's driving down here. I don't know if we're taking his vehicle or my vehicle. I know there's gonna be a lot of shuttling to the airport and and other stuff. The track's not too far from where we're staying, so it might be walking a little bit. But now we'll figure it all out. It, it'll all work out. So that's I'm excited. Stuff. Awesome. Cool, man. Well, that's another good one. One eighty six in the can. Boom. Boom. Have a good <laughs> Have a good weekend. It's gonna. We're gonna race. All right telling you we're gonna race i hope so i hope so i hate missing races appreciate all appreciate all you patrons joining in appreciate everybody listening at home uh give us the feedback and leave an itunes review it helps us a ton uh let us know the, what do i what do i say what? smash that smash that like button smash tell all your friends like tell all your friends do all the things that scotty tells you to do and then do some more if uh-huh. you want. um 
Yeah, that's all I got. Share it on Facebook. Share it on Instagram. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Whatever. Follow left out uh-huh. too. Yes. Anything else? That's all I got. Carter, have a good week. We'll talk to you next week after Texas. Peace. schedule's filling up it's cool that's better than it it. not being full at all absolutely i was, I was thinking about how getting having to get a real job here or nah, something like that you know fair.